Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And um, it's been a, a little bit of time. We uh, we apologize. As you both know, we're both pretty busy guys. Um, we, uh, we've we told you before, my, my wife and I just had a son. He's two months old as of, yes, two days ago. So, yeah, two days ago now. Technically, yeah, how's he doing? he's doing great. He's doing great. Oh, good. Um, he's, he's amazing. He's growing. Um, he's a happy little guy. Um, but uh, we've got him and then our, our nearly three-year-old daughter has uh, decided we think it's our fault um, because we fell asleep down here when Jake was kind of new um, and uh, let the monitor die and didn't realize around four in the morning that she had probably been up for a bit yelling at her door so we think she's kind of been traumatized by that for for those of you listening that have kids or have little brothers there's something absolutely heart-wrenching about hearing at three or four in the morning where'd daddy go where'd mommy go they're gone oh, it's no. it's really sad um oh that's that's too bad yeah so she uh she won't go to sleep oh no she won't go to sleep without one of us in the room now so there's that. Oh no. So uh so we've been busy um and you've been busy too which uh we we can talk about that during this yeah. as well. Um since you know this is uh this is the current summer end of summer September our first podcast of September 2018. Yeah. Um so when you, when when was the last one? Did we do one the, in August? The last one was late July. And okay. we posted right. it in early yeah. August. So we're only a month behind. We tried to do two a month. We've done yep. one last month, but um, yep. f- for those of you listening, I, I did do, um, I think, two Talkbuster podcasts, Santa Creating Geeks in that time, um, mm-hmm. and I'm planning in early October to record my first episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa, which is um, <laughs> which is basically an excuse to do another podcast just like this, but um, I'm not with something that I've already branded, so I'm just going to have yeah. random friends on and talk to them about whatever, because... For some reason, you guys seem to like it. I'd like to think it's my charming positivity. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, since it is the summer of 2018, I figured we can start this by by saying hashtag rehire James Gunn, because we need to keep yeah. saying that on every podcast. Um, yeah. With that in mind, there, that, what was that, Bob? Well, there's there's been like no movement in any direction on that whole thing. Correct. I, I agree. That's in, why I'm going to keep saying it, because I feel like the more we say it, the more things like, you know, Disney halting entire productions on a film happen, which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. That's, Who knows that, why? That is, we can only that, speculate. Well, we know why, because they can't find a, a director for it. And, you know, no one knows what's going on there. Uh, you know, we, we now finally have heard that they may have spoken to a director. Oh, no. A director? Uh, for to a a direct and you know it's a rumor but you know there's like there, there's been no leakage on any names but now apparently they may or may not have talked to paul feig about directing the movie i'd i'd but, watch uh, i'd watch that movie i mean if if the ghostbusters reboot didn't completely ruin his career because of awful toxic idiots on the internet then he well, he can do anything <laughs> Well, I mean, also, you know, I like I like Paul Feig. Like his heart's definitely in the right place. I don't know that unless, like, I I can't imagine that anyone who is, you know, like really good on for for this kind of project is going to take this without the you know like the the people involved in the production 
you know, agreeing to say, okay, this is fine, you know, people do not, like, boycott this movie. Right, exactly. They, yeah. they kind of need the cast and crew. Um, yeah. what, what they really, what they probably really need is, um, and, and that was going to bring me to a tangent about this individual, is yeah. what they'll probably need is James's brother um, speaking out directly. Do you know what I mean? Because of, of all, yeah. of, he, as weird as it seems, he seems to be the behind the scenes glue of, of all of it. You know what I mean? The, the, I, and what he said about his brother, I think we've talked about that before, was wonderful. You know, yeah, he, um, seem, he seems to be like the Mr. Stability between the two guys. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I was going to say that that made me want to mention something in a quick tangent, which is why I started with that. I've talked about that sophistic geek thing that my wife follows on here before. The girl, right. the girl that runs that actually got a, um, a live stream video set up, an interview with Kiko Agina. Am I saying that right, Sarah? Keiko, I think. The girl who played Lane on Gilmore Girls, and I say that because I believe she's trying to get Sean Gunn next because he was on Gilmore Girls. And so right. that would be really cool. I'm going to have to listen in on that one and, and maybe ask some loaded questions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I, I think you joked about before, oh, all of a sudden James's brother Sean really wants to direct. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I... – yeah, I I think I think like my top choices to di- to direct like uh, Guardians of of the Galaxy uh, three in order would be uh you know Sean Gunn followed by uh, Guy Incognito. Yes, yes, my and, my uh, name is Guy Incognito. You know, um, yes. not 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 to name names, but I I had um I have someone that follows me that sent me a message that I guess someone related to them maybe um wor- yeah. works for the dick at Disney that did that. Um, got duped by all of this and Alan Horn yeah and said um and said the you know the the insider meeting you know and I don't want to be like one of these videos that does this but the insider meeting basically said that the wink wink nudge nudge words that were always said was James you can't be in name attached to any of this and that right. what they kept repeating over and over and over again so um it's whether or not I'd say again this is this would be speculation at this point it's whether or not, you know, professionally anybody after being treated that way would be willing to, you know, take that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. that that's that's kind of more where, where I think the thing would be sitting, um, in my opinion. You know Yeah, as yeah, as as soon as like I, I at this point I don't think he comes back and directs the movie. No, absolutely I not. I, I do uh, if he came back and directed the movie, that would be just like the hugest fucking thing. But I do think that um, it is n- it, that if and when they make some kind of deal on on the, when when this all comes through, what will probably end up happening is someone else will direct this movie. Uh, it will get signed off on, and the background deal will be, you know, James Gunn will take some kind of payout, and it'll probably be not as much of a payout as it otherwise might be, with an agreement to, you know we will still, this will still be directed behind the scenes the way that you would have wanted it directed, like, like, shadow directed, basically, because he's still, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to knock, like, his executive producer credit off the stuff, because he still, like, owns some of the intellectual property for the stuff that he thought up. Well, right, and that's, and and, and that's the crazy thing, right, is, does he still get executive producer credit on 
of um, Infinity War 2 or whatever they're calling it. Because he was executive he, producer on Infinity War. He's going to have to because they've already right. they, they had already, already made there. most of Infinity War 2. Yeah, yeah so, it, so it's a very interesting yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I mean, Har- Harvey Weinstein's name is still going to be on stuff that's like getting released in 2020. So, well, yeah, you know, but like, I mean, like, like, the, yeah, so like James Gunn's name is still going to be on Infinity War and is still going to be on uh, on this. That's just, you know. That's professional stuff. Harvey Weinstein's uh, like the thing you find with a black light in a hotel room in Hollywood. It's just like, oh crap, yeah. we found more. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I I think that his I have a feeling that he will either shadow produce or shadow direct uh Guardians Three, which by the way, again, all the, with the way that the internet works now. Shadow directing and shadow producing, shadow screenwriting, shadow everything other than acting in movies happens all the fucking time. Oh, ab- absolutely. Th- throughout Hollywood history, but, you know, and a dot 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 on that, it hasn't happened on a movie of this scale, of this hypothetical scale, because this hasn't officially happened yet. It hasn't happened on something of this scale with the internet now being what it is and having this kind of focus on these projects. Like, the the near closest thing would have been, you know, people, pretty much everyone nakedly knowing that most of Rogue One was not directed by the guy who had a director credit for Rogue One and who was doing press interviews saying, oh, no, yeah, I totally directed all of Rogue One. Like, everyone pretty much knew that, no, they did not like the way that you delivered the movie, and they, you know, someone and a bunch of other people directed parts of that movie. So, like, everyone kind of knew that and just kind of went, okay, fine, you know, that like, there was no hard thing on the background. If, like, if they were to, like, it apparently is not going to be Paul Feig, but if they were to, like, hire Paul Feig, someone who is good director, but is a... A, a competent shooter at best. Well, no, his he's you know it's it's kind of like if you brought Kevin Smith in to do an action comedy, right? It it's the it's not the wheelhouse of this person. Paul Paul Feig is shown with Ghostbusters and Spy and other things that, you know, especially with Spy, he must have had a really good second unit on that movie because the action bits in Spy were really good. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But the, right. the man is a situational comedy director. That's what he does. Yeah. You know what I so mean? If- <laughs> yeah, so if, so if they get, so whoever they, unless they get someone, and again, I, I can't imagine that this would be the case, but they get, like, a really, like, distinctive visual stylist on Guardians 3 and suddenly Guardians 3, like, everyone keeps saying, oh, we'll get Taika Waititi, they're not going to do that. Well, I, don't, got, I don't think he'd do it. No, do I don't know think what he'd I do mean? it either, it... but he's, like, people... These movies are are really complicated, and he is going to have his own whole crew going on. He'd want to shoot in like they they shot like Thor Ragnarok. I think they didn't they shoot a bunch of that movie in Australia, and New Zealand. They they did, and he, he yeah he he won't work without his DP. The the guys only yeah. worked with his friend. I mean, it's like a Peter Jackson Weta relationship, right? Right. Like yeah. th- this so he, guy. Yeah. I mean, they created new camera techniques. You don't think about this in movies like since The Matrix. But yeah. those sequences with the Valkyries, yeah. th- that was a practical effect. Yeah, it was green yeah. screened, but the lighting was a practical effect. Who in their right mind anymore tr- does that? Well, I no, think it's I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I but but it's just it's so yeah. cool. So wh- so if and when it ends up being someone who is like uh, I don't want to use the example of Ron Howard because like the 
the solo thing was a Hail Mary pass of, okay, we're going to get a guy who is, uh, you know, is not known for having a distinctive personal style, but is also, you know, maybe one of the most competent technicians. But when it is a Ron Howard-style shooter who comes in to do Guardians 3, and everyone pretty much out loud says, oh, okay, so James Gunn is actually directing this movie with, like, you know, via email. How are they going to handle that on the on on the road on studio junkets when in the past when you took that out that would go in front of you know professional journalists and longtime guys who would know you don't ask gossip questions because you're not going to get invited back to the next junket right but now it's but now it's the internet age and you're going to have a million and one people who are on the junket because you can't vet every schmuck from YouTube whose first question is going to be so James Gunn actually directed this movie, right? Like, there's there's not going to be any way to keep a lid on this other than to have everyone, other than to just not do press for this movie. So I, I, I think that's what they're going to end up doing. I have no idea how they think they're going to be able to not admit that that's what they're doing. So, you know, may, maybe it'll just be, hey, look, it's Disney. Disney is the biggest company on Earth. We're just going to straight up lie into the camera that someone else is directing this movie. Well, and what, everyone's just going to have to go along with it. What would probably... But, uh, who knows? What would probably be the a clever way to do it, I mean, if it were me, is I'd put, like, the, um, the DP or the, like, visual effects supervisor as the director. You know, and and they've done that, that and be. they've done that before. You know what yeah. I mean on movies. That, that that has happened. Yeah, no, that that has happened. Like uh, at least I mean, then the, it's at least then it's someone yeah. whose craft. You might say, okay, that's lying a little bit, but at least it's someone whose craft is on screen. Right. You well, know? and again, this yeah, I mean, and I mean, this is one that is not as openly discussed and whatnot. So you know, like I I will preface this in saying that this is only something that is set around. But like the person who has the director's credit on Dread is largely a suit is largely said around to have not directed most of dread that actually someone else uh either the editor and the effects guy or someone uh, on on the uh actually finished most of dread so i i can't uh i mean i can't speak to how true that is you know that that was that was a troubled production but uh there there was some of that and dread being a very effects and reshoot heavy movie that has a lot of you know there's a lot of slow-mo and a lot of editing trickery and dread i can buy that but you know who know who knows uh you know who who can say uh it could be that they'll have the russos do guardians 3 who knows you know since they were their second i mean their second unit guys anyway i i don't know but the only way around it that I can imagine is like I mean you said if the th if the issue is that his name can't be on it at all that causes a problem, but if 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 they were to bite some of the bullet and like finagle away to say, okay, you're not gonna direct in air quotes the movie, but we're going to say we need to keep the script to maintain like a, a sense of continuity, so James Gunn will be consulting. Or, Guardians or, 3. or he has final approval of what we do or something like that, yeah. Well, no, because that, that would actually be directing. And also, then whoever is getting the credit for directing is, you know, that that's going to go in their resume. And you and 
another reason not to take this job is you don't want it getting around that, you know, it's like, oh, well, you directed that movie, but you didn't really direct that movie. It's because then it gets out there that you're, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a, a hack work. Like, uh, well, then, I mean, then that's when yeah. they have to go find a big enough name that that wouldn't affect. I mean, that's that's kind of like the Joss Whedon Justice League thing, right? That looks like you're coming in to help a friend, not the yeah. other way around. <laughs> you know well no but uh, well no but i mean also like that like warner brothers was open and up front that joss whedon was finishing unshot parts of the movie like that he like they they the only reason joss whedon's name didn't end up in on the directed by of justice league was because of contract reasons that of the amount of the movie that was reshot could not under director's guild rules have a two director name on that on that movie Otherwise, that would have been a directed by Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon movie. And also, they weren't on set together, and they didn't swap notes and whatnot. Like, there are rules about these things. But, like, it is widely believed, and I don't... I want to preface this out there because I know that there's always been, like, some disagreement because uh, the guy's son, uh, Panos Cosmatos, is now a professional director, and I don't want to be... I don't know how he feels about these rumors and stuff. I, I, I don't want to be seen as that I'm, like, slandering the guy's dead father or something. But but uh, uh, it is widely said around that uh, George P. Cosmatos, a very good filmmaker in his own right, made of unknown origin, made uh, several really good kind of, uh, you know, mid-tier B sci-fi movies in the 80s, uh, had two really big directing successes as well as the credited director for Tombstone and Rambo First Blood Part Two. Oh, and, right, 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 and, right, right. And it is what, and and it was always set around that Rambo First Blood Part Two was a fit was on set directed largely from notes from Sylvester Stallone, who for whatever reason could not be listed or did not want to be listed as having directed. First Blood Part Two. So he had a director who was a friend of his who would come on and be the listed director, but officially Stallone directed. And it's also was said at some point, like in an interview offhand, and then published against Kurt Russell's wishes. I guess that Kurt Russell at some point uh, noted that he had actually uh, supposedly directed Tombstone, and that George P. Cosmatos was in the chair for Tombstone. This has been disputed back and forth by multiple people that is actually disputed by Kurt Russell who you know has gone back and forth as to whether or not he really said that but like these things happen and the reason on the one hand it's not just you know actors not wanting people to know that they directed themselves or whatnot it's also can be not great for your reputation as a director you know, George P. Cosmatos was well known as a really good competent you know we've got this you know movie it's got a lot of uh practical effects and it has a lot of setups and we need it done finished on a budget and he was a guy that could come in and knock one of those out i think like deep star six was one of his you know th things things of that nature like he did a lot of hold on i'm gonna pull that because he has uh because you know whenever this story comes up you know people say it's like oh hey you're you're giving that guy a uh you know you're you know that guy's reputation should be uh you know, a little better. And I do want to give credit because he actually, you know, the movies that there is no dispute over his having directed, uh, he did. Yeah. He, he, like he, he has like, you know, seven or eight credits and there, there are 90% pretty good. Uh, he, you know, an Italian guy, obviously a Greek, I believe Greek, uh, Greek background, uh, uh personal life, but he uh, was, uh, worked in Italy a lot and he did, uh, sin massacre in Rome, the Cassandra crossing escape to Athena, then came to the United States in the eighties and did of unknown origin, probably his best movie. Maybe 
other than Tombstone. Yeah. That's the the Peter Weller versus the Rat movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it's like a haunted house movie, but instead of a ghost haunting the house, it's just there's a big rat that won't right, go away. Right. That movie's awesome. And Leviathan. Yeah. A, yeah. Uh, yeah, Levi- yeah, not Deep Star Six. Leviathan, even better. Leviathan's much better. Leviathan's than Deep Star awesome. 6. Yeah, Leviathan is the is the best aliens, but it's underwater movie. Right. Like I know people say the Abyss, but the Abyss really isn't that. No, Leviathan is what the Abyss like wanted you to think it was going to be. Right. Yeah, he did Cobra, which which is the the like it's it's the dumbest Dirty Harry ripoff, but it's fun. Yeah, I love Cobra. Yeah, Cobra's uh, Ram- a piece Ramofer- of crap, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and and then like the 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 Shadow Conspiracy in '97, uh, and basically he was known as your go to guy. Where you know you have a movie, it's like hey. Uh, this production is kind of falling apart. We need a guy to come in and, you know, knock this fucker back into shape and get it released. He would come in and do that. And uh, and his son uh, has done two movies so far. Like, really, he, he makes really out-there arthouse horror movies. No shit. Uh, what, you... what were they? Uh, well, he has Mandy this year with uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, that looks awesome. Yeah, I think that's at the Coolidge next week. No shit. Yeah, I think next week that's at the Coolidge. It's been playing around a lot, but I think that's at the Coolidge next weekend. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and if you get a chance, uh, yeah, if you get, if you get a chance beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, that movie's right awesome. At, I've seen that. You, you saw that with, with, the, with the baby head guys? Yeah, that movie's freaking awesome. Okay, yeah, so, isn't that, so, isn't he's, that nuts? so he's awesome. Like, yeah, he, so he's, he's, and he's George P. Cosby. That's why I don't, because I really like this guy's movies. I've seen him in interviews. He seems like a great guy. I don't want to seem like I'm you know, like knocking the, the, the legacy of this guy's dad, but that was in a, in a long, in a kind of long way around sort of way that, uh, these things have happened. So this, this whole, you know, credited, uncredited thing is the kind of like, you know, weird background secret. It's, it's kind of like in the music industry when, when people, you know, a whole lot of guys who are in their own right, legendary guitar players, you know, have gone to their graves you know, with people talking about how it's like, you know, there's that one riff on the album that, you know, was never as, you know, it never sounded exactly as intricate live as it did on stage. And then after the the guy passes, you know, it turns out it was a studio musician or it was Satriani sitting in for someone, you know, and, and that and that's why, you know, that there's all of these, you know, amazing studio musicians who just never wanted to be a, a band stage guy or never got the thing that did a lot of the, you know, like in that thing we do, you know, when they're about to go out on stage and the, uh, the, uh, the, what, I forget which actor played him because, uh, is it Steve Zahn? Who, I think it is uh, Steve Zahn. That who, movie, who, who's, that movie is yeah. great. That is a great. When he's the guy who's about he's about to go off to Vietnam, so he gets so like on the the night they're about to go on stage, he he gets married and goes to like Six Flags and forgets, and they have to bring in the studio musician, and they're all like, "Well, hold on, you've never played together with us," and he immediately plays the whole song on the guitar because studio musicians are actually like some of the best players in the business, right? Because that's what they have to do all the time, right? Yeah, so so it works like that in directing and second unit and stuff. So they'll there are ways around it. I just don't know. I can't imagine that James Gunn's name doesn't end up on here somewhere in a way that will allow them to dodge the question on the uh, on the the road when they eventually have to sell the movie. You know of because if they do it without him and they just take his name off it and they say no, we meant it. James Gunn was fired. This is no longer him involved in any way. And then in the background, he's still involved somehow. And like Dave Bautista doesn't leave. 
and there's even a small inkling somewhere on the web that James Gunn was sending people emails on set of uh, where to put a camera, everyone and their mother is going to ask them in the, the, the press interviews for this, okay, so James Gunn really directed parts right, of the movie, right? Right, right. And I, and, and I don't know how else they get it. Like, there's, there's no scenario in it's going to be a shit show no matter what for promoting if they it make if they make this movie it's going to be a shit show that's yeah. that's what well, it comes on, down to well i i honestly think and i know that there's people who think otherwise i mean i've i've talked to blue streak so i'll let you weigh in for a minute because i'm gonna you know while you're weighing in, i'm gonna go take my pizza out the oven but <laughs> uh background detail for the listeners um do you do you think honestly if let's let's just say that if if everything went in the best possible way that's probably never going to happen and they just said you know what it's it's you know this this was this was some bullshit we 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 fucked up uh we're, we're we believe in forgiveness etc etc james Gunn's gonna come back on and direct the movie and he goes on like jimmy kimmel and says hey yeah i told bad jokes once and i'm so grateful for forgiveness and yeah let's all go have a thing i honestly think that the controversy thing would not really be there. What 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 do you think? I completely agree. I think um I think the controversy thing is just um it, it it's kind of like we we talk about um you get the people that get riled up over reading something in a newspaper or the people who get riled up in their house, you know, your father, you come home from work and he's, "Man, can you believe what happened in downtown today with those people that didn't want, you know, uh the police to do something or whatever it is. And when you really get down to it, it's just a lot of people making a lot of noise. And I think if they actually go through with it, the internet might be pretty upset and the internet might have a lot of noise, but they're going to have a lot of noise anyway. I mean, look at the stuff they think about you for Christ's sakes. So, um, I think if they, if they just kind of put a foot in their mouths for a second and stepped back and moved forward and he agreed to kind of do the public service announcement thing, um, this isn't like, uh, you know, a Harvey Weinstein thing. And this isn't like, um, what's his name? Uh, who used to write for, um, he used to write for Conan O'Brien, you know, disappearing for a little while and coming back and pretending like he didn't fuck up. You know, th this is a guy that just told some bad jokes and a lot of people made up a lot of worse stories and speculation, assuming that those jokes mean action and if if they do mean action then and we ever find out about that which has never been proven there's never even been a controversy or a speculation there's never been you know an an affidavit or a um he's you know never settled out of court for you know doing anything at all of what any of these allegations are then i think it all just kind of goes away if they just treat it like it's a growing experience for the company and for him I I think the I think the marketing could be great on this. It could be okay, you know. Uh, D Disney needs to check themselves every once in a while. You know what I mean? And crap, you know, we we shouldn't have you know just walked away scared because potential people that equal dollar signs for us um, could be upset about something. We should pay attention to who these people are and. You know what, everybody, we're we're gonna do better at that in the future because our clientele that does equal money signs to us are the you know people that are actually nice people and aren't crazy internet Nazis, you know. And um, I I I think it could be a great growth experiment experience for both parties.
in my opinion. What about you? I agree. I, I, I agree. I really I really think that the the idea that this would not be like a one week story that did not affect the box office of this at all is is something that and I mean like not to be like gross about it because you know the, Well well, the, well for for example, not having anything to do with the same type of stuff, but the outrage kind of can be the same way and come from the same type of people. Look at the fact that all the noise about The Last Jedi being so terrible and right, ruining yeah. people's childhoods and having a social justice warrior bent that was, you know, out to get the true fans of the franchise. That is now the highest selling freaking Blu-ray of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, okay. It didn't make the, oh my God, we haven't had a good Star Wars movie in 30 years. Well, Okay, a fully good Star Wars movie in 30 years. I still think there's a good movie and a half out of those three that George Lucas made. We've we've talked about this. But, you know, it wasn't there wasn't a Star Wars event since The Phantom Menace, you know, quite like um The Force Awakens, right? There is no way they're going to do that twice. It's like the Jurassic World thing. Jurassic World 2 still was a really big freaking hit. Like, probably a bigger hit than even people thought the first Jurassic World would be. Yeah. But it just didn't have the legs that the first one did because people couldn't believe there was a competent big dinosaur movie out. We were so yeah. used to getting yeah. Transformers sequels that treated us like we were friggin' morons that getting something that was moronic but a lot of fun, <laughs> you know, um, we weren't, you know. So I just don't think, I just don't think... If Disney thinks that, like, okay, so you keep James Gunn on, and I, I want to get past this because I know you've done a ton of videos about it. Um, so yeah. this is really the last thought I have on it. But I really think that if they come out, the people that are going to be angry about it, which seem like a really small amount of people, that isn't going to change their minds. Whether they fire him or whether they keep him or not, their minds aren't going to be changed. But the majority of people are going to go, oh, wow, Disney found a heart and gave a guy a second chance. And yeah, okay, it's a little gross what he did. It's actually very gross what he said and did or what he said. You know what I mean? But he's also completely made his life better. And I think if that's the story you tell, if that's the, you know, um, marketing, if, if, if that's how you promote the movie, you know, a approach it head on. You know, if the questions get asked, yeah, I was a pretty scummy person and thought that really scummy things as a 30-year-old man were a funny way to be and it's where I came from and that's not an excuse and uh, I want to move forward and you know these movies help me on a personal level and I hope they help you on a personal level I think that's the story that needs to be told and I think that's a great one that's what those movies are about for Christ's sakes yeah I, I agree and like not not to be gross in a way about it because this like this this is kind of like the unfortunate other side to the whole thing of it is i really you get the real i get the real sense that within the industry the industry is really looking for a chance to i think hollywood in general and i really hate the idea that this could be the the thing that helps you know a good thing happen for this this bad thing could be the thing that helps a good thing happen for this good person 
I think Hollywood is really looking for a a redemption story for a white guy. Yeah. Oh. In 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 this moment, I think that there's a lot of people in like the studio system and agencies and other actors who would really welcome uh, a any kind of storyline where someone turned around and actually did say an accusation type thing was bullshit and I'm going to get my job back. I, I think that I, I think that a lot of the industry is looking for one of those. And I think that that is some of the probably some of the not not the big time resist on on something like this. But I think there's probably some of the why there's not a huge, you know, from people who are not directly connected to him and maybe aren't as personally don't don't see these movies or this particular person as that huge of a deal or a loss is is why is that it's kind of like well you know it's a maybe maybe not on this but is it worth potentially blowing up the me too movement to have this turn around i don't think that this is that i don't think that if the asia argento thing doesn't blow up me too and it doesn't seem to have i don't think this does I think I like I I think that is like the a much worse kind of thing. Because uh, that that was that like I saw that coming through and I was just like, you know, thankfully it didn't seem to help him at all. But like if I'm if I'm Harvey Weinstein, I'm like really happy seeing that, which is disgusting. Yeah, that Jesus. And and yeah, again that, and again, there, there's different there's different levels unpleasant. of it, right? There's there's people who you know hearing the jokes that James made that were actually yeah. hurt by, you know, people who were pedophiles and people who did things like that. No one wants to hear that. You know, pe- pe- right, yeah. people who lose a parent, you know, to cancer don't want to hear jokes about cancer. You know, people yeah. who did this, this is, this is how this works. And this is why, you know, comedians like Daniel Tosh and people like that, there's a lot of people that find them funny I, you know, it, it, it's trigger comedy. You know what I mean? It, edgelord, mm-hmm. like like you've called it, and like, it, it, you know, for it be. And for someone to recognize that they delved into that hole and they've pulled themselves out of it and to hit that head on, like fully admit to it, not beat around the bush, not pretend like they didn't do it, is a good story. You know, um, it's better mm-hmm. than it's better than just saying I'm perfect and everything I've done is always perfect and, you know, go screw yourself. Like like some people are trying to do, um, I do want to move on from that though. I think I think that's yeah. a not a horse that's been beaten, but I, I like we've said, rather than boycott, you know Disney, which again, I have to see how this plays out before I decide if I see Guardians of the Galaxy three because again those movies, it's got nothing really to do with James Gunn himself because it's not like me being upset that he doesn't have work because he'll be fine in my opinion. It's yeah. that the the story he told and the personal approach he gave to those movies really meant something to me. It's the story that I'm sad to be losing and thinking that someone that was able to reach me the way that that story did not being there anymore. I don't know if it's almost tarnished for me a little bit. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. Um, but I don't yeah. think a boy, a boycott isn't how you get through to Disney because there's not enough of us to boycott them. You, you know, it's, it's more of, the more we keep being loud about it, the more we keep, you know, doing what they tell us not to do. The the more you, you know, kneel during a football game, you know, the more the more whatever it is, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, really gets people noticing this kind of thing. And the more we say 
hey, rehire James Gunn. Disney were really angry about this. It's really saying that you fucked up and you need to you need to make it right, whatever right means. Even if yeah. right is just coming out and saying, shit, we were duped. These people are evil people and we're not going to let that happen again. That That's part of it. Um, yeah. But but anyway, I want to move on from that. Um, I wanted to start with this, but I'll just say it now. Um, we're recording this on the 8th of September. We started recording this. It was the 7th of September, 2018. Yep. This is 16 years after our very good friend, a good friend of this podcast, and he'll be on um, uh, the Talkbuster podcast soon. Jeremy Soltis and his family lost their dad. And mm. so I, I, you know, us having lost our dad this past year, um, it, it's kind of something we, we know too well, too, too close to now. He's been dealing with it for much longer. And I just wanted to reach out if he was listening or his family was listening or anybody that knows Jeremy. Um, he goes by Light Bunny on the Internet. You probably know him. Just uh, think, think about him today. Think about him when you're listening to this. And we, we dedicate this episode to him. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, yeah. I, I hope he hears it. Um, yeah, I hope, you, uh, hope you're doing okay, Jeremy. Yeah, J- Jeremy's a great guy. If you guys know him or if you're good enough to know him, he's a great guy. Um, him and his whole family, his sister, his mom, they're great people. Um, his mm. dad was a great guy. It was 16 yeah. years ago, Bob. Holy Jeez. shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, I wanted to go through a few short things, and then I wanted to talk about PAX West. Um, okay. Only because um, I, I have some things to say about that before you go into it. But uh, I wanted to say uh, we've talked about it before on this podcast, but I want to tell everyone again, Upgrade is out now on DVD and hmm. streaming. And you need to see that movie. I don't think enough people saw this movie. Um, you liked it so much that you gave it to me as a homework assignment to see. <laughs> so so I'm going to remind people again, Upgrade is one of the biggest surprises. Um, I didn't think they made them like this anymore. And I, I loved it. Um, it's from the guy who uh, wrote Saw. And it, it's not really Saw. It's a sci-fi horror. It's just great. Go out and see it. Um Next, mm. next on the list, I saw Incredibles two finally, Bob. It was at the drive-in, oh. and okay. and I gotta say, I I agree with you. Um, oh, I, okay. I I know people saw your review. Um, I'm a huge Brad Bird fan. Um, I still haven't seen Tomorrowland because I just don't know why. But um, you know, I couldn't help but think watching Incredibles two that it felt like, you know, when you see like an Austin Powers sequel, like um, well, the, the Spy You Shagged Me in particular, where their movie has very funny vignettes, but it just seemed like that was it. Like we had a really cool bunch of cool ideas and didn't really know how to tie them all together. That's how I really felt about The Incredibles too. It's like they shoved every idea that someone had in their head and none of them are bad. You know, there's just, there's not really a movie there. It It's like, it feels like, the best of what illumination has been able to put out like a really good despicable me movie rather than a really great Pixar movie. Do do, do you know what I mean? That's how it kind of felt to me. It's like, okay, you've got this villain that you kind of see coming a mile away, but they don't do much with it. And then they have sub, then they have subplots that they just give up on. Uh, yeah, right. It, it just it really frustrated me because again, it's not a badly made movie. The animation is beautiful. the The visual aesthetic of the movie is great. All the actors seem to be, they seem to show up. You know, no one seemed bored or disinterested. It just seemed like 
it seemed like it was on autopilot and they were just spitballing ideas and were going off of like first draft script. And I don't know why I'm, I'm disappointed. I felt that way. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. Well, it really did. I, and I know that, you know, this is the exact opposite of what they said was the case while making it. It looks really clear to me from watching it. And, you know, maybe I'm, I'm reading it completely wrongly. It looks like, uh, it like it just seemed for a while that the reason we didn't get an Incredibles two is that there's no reason for there to be an Incredibles two, and that's you really know, what is, they showed us. You know what it felt like? Yeah. Is it felt like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two? Yeah, well, I mean, at least Cloudy two, like they actually did something with that movie. Like that, there, it's not as good as the first one, you know. But they and you know they kind of got you. Okay, we've sort of got an idea, and also we've got a million and one, uh, you know, pun names for food animals. Right. So, so now right, we've got right. a movie. But and it's the the difference is that was a movie that you know why that came out like it did because they had no idea that that movie was going to be a huge hit and they had to come up with a sequel really, really, really fast. Whereas this one, you know, they had, like, it's been, what, what 20 years since the first Incredibles, right? F 15 years since the first Incredibles. And much like with uh, Independence Day 2, we didn't need an Independence Day 2. The Part of what made Independence Day 1 good was that it didn't have lore or mythology, and it didn't need it. It was just the people, the aliens. It's sort of a metaphor for stuff and whatever, and leave it. Incredibles 1, it's just... It's it's like doing more Watchmen, which they did, and it was bad. Right. So, and, they, and they've kept doing more, and it's bad. Right. It's like and, in, and, in Incredibles 1 is unique, but it's also... Right. It's also a... Um, it's not satire as much as it's... It's a it's circumstantially, hey, you know, we're going to make this un a unique, well, a unique superhero brand that's kind of taking the piss out of a bunch of stuff about superheroes by making it this family unit. And it, it's very unique in that well, and, it's allegory. It's allegory. And yeah. to do yeah. that again is just like it's kind of like a family guy joke that went, hey, remember that time the Incredibles did this? And you look at it and go. Yeah, okay, fine. That 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 feels like the Incredibles, but why? Well, well, <laughs> you you know, is, is, well, well, also the first Incredibles, it really did feel like this had been stuff about, you know, being a man and reaching middle age and whatnot that Brad Bird had been chewing on for a long time. Right, and this and, this was just a rehash of it. When at its best, it was a rehash, and at its I won't say worse because calling any Pixar movie worst is. They're very competent technical people. It just it felt like bored. It felt yeah, well, bored. It, like it didn't really. It felt episodic. Like this is well, like uh, yeah. This is like a season two middle episode, and we we just did it, and there's no real heart to any of it. And it, I don't know. It just felt kind of generic. Well, it did. Well, and part of the problem is that the the first Incredibles by design was sort of generic. And I say that in a complimentary way, is that the first movie... Remember, when the first Incredibles came out, there hadn't even been a Fantastic Four movie, period, yet. There was no Marvel Cinematic Universe. The idea of superhero universes hadn't been done. When the first Incredibles came out, people were calling it the, the closest thing to seeing a comic book live on screen that had ever been done, at least since the Christopher Reeve Superman, because it was animated and because 
you know, the rest of the movie stuff hadn't caught up yet. It was called, you know, the best version of Watchmen people were ever going to do because it has a lot of similar story beats with the uh, with the island and the guy who wants to alternately be a superhero and destroy superhero and whatnot. And it's... The point of The Incredibles is not to... It's not trying to create a functional superhero universe. It's trying to create this sort of not quite parody, but not not satirical, but definitely parody mirror of, you know, a certain moment in early 60s pop art superhero stuff so that it can use it as an allegory and a metaphor to, you know, work out a lot of the same themes that Brad Bird is always working out about individuality. And he, 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 like Brad Bird, and I'm going to do a video about this sometime, but Brad Bird has like everything he's done is he's constantly trying to rewrite Atlas Shrugged into a version that is not for sociopaths. And I'm not sure that he's ever quite get like, like, and Tomorrowland is the most explicit version of that. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like, like if you, if you, if you, if, for those of you who haven't seen Tomorrowland, yeah, I've, I've only heard that. But I, yeah, it's it is it is literally if you can imagine if someone rewrote uh, like if Bioshock is, you know, Atlas Shrugged, like a, a is a sequel is a pseudo sequel to Atlas Shrugged that recognizes that the good guys in Atlas Shrugged are the bad guys uh, that, uh, you know, Tomorrowland is literally an attempt to rewrite Atlas Shrugged and Anthem and the other pseudo science fiction Ayn Rand novels as uh, something very. Uh, woke and progressive in the Epcot Disney sense, and it is as it is as non-functional as a story as that sounds. But in any case, The Incredibles is, is working on those same themes. And the thing of that is, is it's not designed like its universe is not designed to get bigger and more interesting because everything in it is just supposed to remind you of other stuff. You know, we're we're not supposed to learn more about how their universe functions because the the mechanics of it aren't supposed to the like the Incredibles two. You know, it starts trying to tell us, wait, how does the the government mechanism that keeps these people under wraps work? It doesn't matter how it works because it's not there to make sense. It's there to be a metaphor it'd be, for it'd be for like Mr. Incredible. Yeah, it would be like if they tried to make a sequel to Zootopia. And, you know, I, I've heard that they've been trying to, and I, I can actually I, I see other that places just, for Zuto yeah. But But again, if, if they try to make it just be in the same world, do you know what I Because right, a, yeah. a, a, a lot of Zootopia, a lot of the story of Zootopia takes similar beats that Incredibles 2 used to try to yeah. make the Incredibles universe fresh. The, okay, there's something going on in the background, and we don't really know who's good or who's bad or who can be trusted. And it's kind of an obscure reason, which is then very much revealed at the end. This one, the obscure reason was kind of like it, it, it. That was my thing with The Incredibles too. You end up feeling bad, I guess, for the person, but it's kind of just generic. You, you know, it's just generic. I don't like superheroes because they weren't there to save my family, and it's like, yeah, I, and, I, I, I don't well, know. And all, yeah, well, and 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 they also do like. The, the, three different of, bait and switches that are obvious and it, well like I, I well i mean also her name is like evelyn isn't her name evelyn dever yeah so 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 e evil endeavor like it like which fine it's a kid's movie a pun name is fine but like the first one didn't really do that 
No, this like so, I said, this is more yeah. like a t- kids TV yeah. show level. It's like an episode yeah. of PJ Masks. Mm. You well, know, and, and also right, and and also there's like the the subplot, like their main B story is you know Mister Incredible doing the Mister Mom thing and not being good at it, and then finding a way through it, which is tied in with you know okay, Jack Jack has his powers and they're random and we don't really know how they work, and neither one of those B stories a actually go anywhere like at the end of the movie he's still kind of bad at housework but you know it's it's okay because you know he's doing his best and we like him well, anyway. then we have the and, daughter who like the opening of the movie is the daughter revealing her identity to a kid that re- results in his memory getting wiped in a very like dark kind of like not funny men in black kind of way but like dark like cia kind of way and then it's just a funny, oh, dad just doesn't understand me thing. And then they don't go anywhere with it. Bob? Sorry, I was chewing. That's all right. No, I've been muting the microphone while I chew, so you can cut this part. But That's okay. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, it, yeah, they, yeah. All of the interesting family stuff that they were doing was, was wonderfully done. Sight gags and everything. That yeah. It didn't amount to anything no they 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 needed to pick a story and they didn't and i think that you know maybe there was some confusion that they had okay we've got two stories here to do you know which is one uh you know elastigirl you know is like you know off on her own and doing her own thing which is by the way if you're gonna do a whole sequel hey good idea for a sequel you know because we spent a lot of the last movie sort of giving mr incredible a hard time for you know, this very macho kind of, oh, no, I'm I'm feeling a little bit old now, so I need to put my family and the whole world in danger in order to feel like my dick still works is basically the plot of the first Incredibles, right? So doing the, oh, hey, I never actually, hey, I had kids kind of young and uh, I never, and uh, I need to rediscover being, uh, you know, a younger, wilder woman than my family knows that I am kind of thing with the mom in the sequel. Okay, good idea for a sequel. And yet the movie is still mostly about Mr. Incredible at home and her in what should be the main story of the movie is, is kind of becomes its own B story. And you never really and see it, any of it. And it, yeah, it doesn't really result like it's they, they kind of like inch into this, uh, you know, this this thing where, where it seems like she has a more interesting kind of like, you know, back and forth with the, the female villain that, that like they have a better connection than the the brother guy and they want you to think that the brother guy could be the actual villain and the sisters but like it's really obvious from the get-go that she must be the actual bad guy because she keeps acting like a bad guy and not for nothing the way that they've arranged this is that this takes place basically a week after the first incredibles which which means that the incredibles and Frozone, and basically the entire world are falling for the exact same fucking supervillain plan that they just fell for a week ago. Right, and and again, if you do that in the same movie, yeah, that's that's a funny, you know, like poke fun at how this stuff works. But now that they've tried to establish some real world rules, it just seems silly. Yeah, it's if they were gonna do it, like I, I think. The biggest mistake they probably made was trying to make The Incredibles 2 that they would have made, like, a year after The Incredibles. Right. 
This should I, I this think, should have been Incredibles too. Hey, fifteen years has gone by. Yeah, this I yeah it would have like I I understand that there's a temptation that they that you know, and frankly, it seems like this came. It, it really does seem like this came together because Tomorrowland bombed and Brad Bird has had some difficulty getting another project off, and Disney basically probably looked at him and said. Look, man, you know, we want you on the team, but what everyone wants you to do is Incredibles 2, so get your ass back over to Pixar, knock us out in Incredibles 2, and... And then we we'll give you something. Yeah, and, 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 and then we'll get back on board with uh, with whatever we think we'll want you to do. And uh, and that seems to be what came together, which is why this movie seems like a first draft of a movie, which, you know, which happens, and it's not, like, awful... It's just kind no. Of that, a shame that's, that 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 is yeah. the thing, right? Is it's far from awful. It's a competently made movie. It just it it's just so bland. Yeah, uh, it's, be, it's, be, yeah. because nothing's fleshed out. It's like twenty little mini movies that they yeah. don't. None of them have time to breathe. It, it yeah. Well, mini movies and clearly like ideas that are like studio. I seem like studio ideas. That otherwise wouldn't have made it through. Like I, like hell. There's a whole like runner in there. It's like, hey, Edna Mode babysitting Jack Jack. That seems like a, a whole like thing. Like why is that not like the C plot instead of this go nowhere thing about Violet and the boyfriend? Which right. Is just and now re- and now they're releasing the Edna sequence as a mini right. movie because they obviously yeah. made it and just shows yeah. which that they made a bad decision over which to keep in the movie basically well it, well it's also because uh you know as is so often the case with uh these movies because like pixar and well pixar especially is still having this it's a boys club problem and wouldn't you know it they're having difficulty uh you know figuring out how to write a, a teenage girl character when you're writing her as someone as a character in her own right and not as a daughter so, yeah there's also so, so, that yeah i mean this like if ideally if if this is a 15 years later movie they really should have picked it up with especially when they pick it back up and the supers are still underground again after like the end of the first movie seems like like the supers are back is a line in the end of the first act of the incredibles and then they're trying to put that genie back in the bottle so they can do that story again yeah and it's it's bizarre like if you're going to do a, a part 2 of the incredibles and actually think on it I would have thought someone would have, and I know Pixar is in chaos without Lasseter and whatnot, fine, but someone would have sat down and said, okay, it's been 15 years, the kids who grew up with The Incredibles, who really loved it, were like uh, Dash and Violet's age, are now in their 20s and have kids of their own, that should be your goddamn movie. Right, and just have the parents be the grandparents at some point. Right, right, because, like, if Craig T. Nelson was funny as Mr. Incredible back then, he'll be really funny as really old Mr. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible with, like, a bum hip. Yeah, Yeah, this thing writes itself, man. Yeah, like, that's funny. You know, like, Violet as someone's mom, you know, with, with like, a, a kid of her own who's got, like, issues. You know, maybe the... Maybe her daughter is is like a real extrovert and she doesn't know how to deal, you know, and, uh, you know, have have, uh, you know, the the, the this the, there's a, a more interesting idea there. But then again, that would be something that you'd like think on for four or five years before you actually went and made it. And it's not necessarily a movie that you do because your last movie failed and you need to come in and knock the sequel out. And like then there's like all of the 
the the amateur superheroes again hey the, they're new generation cool idea are, are any of them going to be interesting no not really not really not 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 really at all like there, there's this whole runner online of because you know the internet will find a way to like anything or, or to to like find something that's there that's not there that where people think that like the chick who makes portals is supposed to have like a crush on elastigirl and that's her character interesting maybe it's there i can kind of see it but like it's not in the movie and it doesn't make her and it doesn't make her like interesting like it, you and, know and the, the, the funny yeah. thing is right is that we sit here yeah. talking about it as as you know being true movie geeks on the internet are to do right yeah it doesn't change the fact that what this movie is the fifth highest grossing movie of the year or something right like yeah that. jesus christ well no it does like if it had like the that's the thing is that these are you know is is that which is why Disney wanted him to come back and do it. You know, is like, look, Brad, whatever you put out that's called Incredibles 2, we'll do it. We do it ourselves, but if we don't have Brad Bird's name stuck in front of it, nerds are going to make it really hell for us for the three years it's going to take to make it. So please come back and do Incredibles 2. So it's, you know, it's 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 a problem. And, and it's unfortunate that it's kind of a two and a half star movie. I, that, I completely uh, agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I hope that since this made a bunch of money and maybe, you know, like, maybe having, you know, kind of had some career bumps. In the, like, the first Incredibles is really the Brad Bird project that's gone well for him. You know, like, I mean, I Iron Giant, the studio didn't know what to do with it, bombed in theaters, and people decided that it was a classic later, which it is. You know, Incredibles, huge hit. Uh, Ratatouille, okay, Incredibles and Ratatouille are the two, like, Brad Bird things that went well. Yeah, and then everything else has been kind of, uh, you know, either the movie wasn't good oh, or he did make Ghost Protocol. Oh yeah, a Mission Impossible sequel. I mean, it Those... made a shitload of money. No, it did, but like, no, no, but like, you know, of like that's not going to go in the Brad Bird box set. No, no, I, I'm when, just, when... I'm just saying he competently directed humans. No, he <laughs> did, he did. You know, it, like if if Ghost. And, you know, that was, like, a thing there, but it, like, if Ghost Protocol was supposed to be like, hey, uh, you know, everyone, Brad Bird is now available to come and, you know, direct your interchangeable franchise blockbuster. Well, yeah, he, if, if, you wanna he did, if you wanna talk about shadow directing, <coughs> Tom Cruise. He, he did not, he did not get, uh, he did not get a bunch of offers to do that. Now, Cruise, to his credit, does not generally shadow direct his movies, because if Tom Cruise wanted to direct, Tom Cruise would direct by now. Tom Cruise doesn't so much shadow direct as Tom Cruise works with directors who that are willing to put up with his crazy. And I mean that in a good way, you know, with the way he is in his movies. <laughs> the, the... Tom, Tom Cruise works with directors who will let Tom Cruise be Tom Cruise. Basically, Tom Cruise will, works with directors who will not have an issue when Tom Cruise wants to jump out of an airplane. Right. I want to learn how to fly a helicopter to do this stunt. Um, yeah. You want to yeah. do what? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, know, it, so, so that yeah. that gives us Incredibles too. I, I, I want to get through my uh, my list of Your things. List. Well, yeah. it's it's been a bit. So, I I yeah. also saw um, Super Troopers too. If okay. we're talking, and you you know how much I love the Broken Lizard guys. So, I, I I will say that I'm kind of the target demographic for this movie. Um, yeah. I I didn't pay them to make it, but a lot of people did, and um. Just like a band, when you crowdfund an album, they they definitely just went ahead and made Super Troopers again. Um, so I found it funny. 
Um, I think I might agree with you. It's it is not a very good movie um, by a long shot. I laughed my ass off at it, but there was a lot of it that like felt like B-roll jokes that they deemed probably too. Um, I'm not going to say risque or offensive because I think the original one might have gone a little further as far as, you know, uh, pushing the envelope. But there's just some jokes that just aren't funny anymore that are in it. Like the the entire Stephen Hawking wheelchair sequence is not funny. And especially after the guy being dead, <laughs> you, you know, like I found that like th- there were like these late 90s type of humor. You know, if we're talking about James Gunn's jokes being, you know, uh, in poor yeah. taste, they just crept yeah. into that script that, you know, and again, I get it. These are improv guys. You know, your your B material is going to get in there somewhere. But um, it it was kind of unfortunate. Some some of that stuff that ended up in there. Um. Brian Cox seemed bored this time around, whereas in the first movie he seemed like he was having a blast, which was disappointing to me. Um, what's his name? Um, number two, younger number two, Rob Lowe. Um, Rob Lowe looked like he was having a blast. I, 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 yeah. I, I give I give them credit for that. Rob Lowe was the weird Canadian mayor that was dropping worse Canada puns than a Kevin Smith Great North trilogy movie. <laughs> Man, yeah, was he having fun? Uh, yeah, I, I'm always so conflicted about Rob Lowe in in as a presence in movies because he is undeniably talented, and he when it was time for him to go away, he went away for a long time. Yeah, and you know, is it, it's like it's it's like he 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 went away when people didn't always go away for that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so like it, it's like he. I mean, he's been back since the mid '90s. But yeah, Tommy Boy was kind of one of the first big times we saw him again, right? Yeah, yeah. No, top Tommy Boy was the okay. We're gonna inch back to letting Rob Lowe be in movies again, and uh, you know because I mean he he got hit, and he should have been, but he he got hit pretty bad. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, I mean, they had tapes, so yeah, you know uh, that. So you know, not uh, that was that that was about as bad as that could get. But uh, and uh, but but it, so it's it's always kind of a little of it's like oh hey Rob and I know because I I know that there's a whole generation that own that not only knows Rob Lowe but like reveres him because he was on the West Wing which is a sacred text to a whole generation of insufferable poli sci students. Yeah, it's not a bad you know, show. It's, no, it's not a bad it's not a bad show. It's it's uh, it's just kind of there. Um, but he's funny in this. You know, I didn't mind the the movie. I don't know that of all of the comedy franchises that would, you know, go away for a decade and then come back and say, hey, guys, I think the second one should try to be about something. I don't think Super Troopers would have been like even my 20th choice. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that about something they kind of <sighs> I'm not going to say phone it in by the end, but it loses steam. You, you know, like the first movie has like a climax that's just bonkers and a lot of fun. This one kind of peters out to just nothing. And I, it was, it was kind of a bummer because I like these characters. Like they all obviously still know how to play these guys. Um, one of my favorite things about the broken lizard guys is that strangely, even though they're improv comedy guys, they have range, you know, they always seem to, each play a very different role in a different movie than they've played. So it's kind of a bummer 
to have a Super Troopers 2 because it's like, you know, I don't really need to see the B-roll of Rob Favre jokes. I want to see Kevin Heffernan play like Landfill or, you know, his character from uh, Club Dread, you know, play something different, you know. Yeah. So so kind of yeah. seeing them go back and retread that is, I'll, I'll say it, it at one point is very comforting and at another time it's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, you, you I can, know, I can go with that. And, and yeah, I mean, I, again, I laughed my ass off. It was spit take inducing at a couple of points. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. It, yeah, like I, I, I won't say that I like disliked it. I was like, oh, hey, this is this is funny, you know. And I, I appreciate that they didn't just do the first one again. I mean, like the movie's been on yes, for an hour it, it, before it, they it, fucked and, with the and it motorist. is right, right, and and it is. Like me saying they just did the first movie again. No, it it is a very different movie. It just it's just the the humor and the characters are just so familiar, and they they did enough in the first movie where it's like okay, the parts of this movie that mean something are what interested me actually, and outside of the okay, we're gonna pretend to be Mounties, brilliant ten minute sequence in the middle of this movie. Like it's some of the best humor they've done. Um, yeah. The the um, Jay Chandreskahar and um, what's his name? I forget the name of the other actor. But when when they pull that couple over and go back and forth with as many things that sound French as they possibly can, that's mm-hmm. classic. Like you know, laughing style. Just try to make yeah. your buddy laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they and they nailed it. And it's just mm. a funny, funny joke. It's the parts, like you said, where, okay, now Super Troopers is about something where I went, oh, okay, where are they going to go with this? And where they eventually go is kind of just, all right, well, there's a reset button at the end. And yeah. now it's America again. All uh, right. It, it, or Canada. Which, is, okay. <laughs> be, because, like, I hadn't followed the production at all. So, like, watching the uh, the, the actual movie and when they dropped it, our premise. For those of you who didn't see the movie. The oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> to, yeah. So, the, the premise to Super Troopers 2 the thing that gets them into now being cops in Canada is that uh, a, someone discovers that a the U.S.-Canadian border, which is a lot more porous and nebulous than people realize it is, uh, that there's been a, a hundred-year-old mistake in the drawing of this border, which places a single town in Canada uh, that has been a Canadian town for a hundred years is actually in the United States, and they have to go in and replace the formerly Canadian cops of the town and police it. So it's a culture clash comedy, which, you know, turns out to be kind of funny because we think of Canada and the United States as being very similar, but they actually have a lot of, you know, very small and also, you know, fairly not so small cultural differences that are kind of funny. And I kind of wish that they had... I almost sort of wish that they had picked whether this was going to be Super Troopers 2 or its own thing and concentrated on it. Right. Because, like, business where, like, the like the whole runner where they go in to bust uh, a house of prostitution, uh, like American cops, but they're in Canada and this is not an illegal business in Canada, that could be an entire running thing in another movie you know because that's actually sort of funny How oh it's really was... funny that's one of my favorite bits in the movie what it's illegal in america for a guy to sit down and have a beer and look at some tits and a cock <laughs> right yeah, yes it's, it, it's... it is <laughs> yeah, it... 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it you know because how often because there's the the cultural differences between Canada and America in some in in certain respects one country is a little more free than another and in other respects a little more puritanical than another but it crosses back and forth and isn't that amusing and I will always you know? I will always laugh at a good Canadian hockey joke too the um, yeah. who who dares call no one in Canada uses the phone during hockey games and I'm like right that's pretty funny. Well, yeah, that's the thing, though. We're from we're, we're from Boston, so like people we from Boston and, and and people from Minnesota in the United States will still will still laugh at, at hockey jokes. And I gotta and, and I gotta say, it's a really lowbrow joke, and they go a little bit too far with it. But the Flova Scotia thing is one of the funniest goddamn things. That is that is pretty funny. For those that of is, you, that is there's a female enhancement drug. So so, so the the story of the film, and again. When you really think about it, they were these jokes are funny. You know the the whole thing is instead of smuggling drugs like the people were doing in the first movie, the way people normally smuggle drugs, they're just leaving them buried in random places in this Canadian town. So when it becomes the United States, they don't have to go through customs with it. So it's just now in the United States, and it's all of these like you know Canadian drugs that range from. You know, there's a scene where they all take the drugs. Yep, yeah, I'm definitely on acid. This is acid, you know, and stuff like that. But um, the um, uh, what's his name, Ramathorn, uh, Jay Trandiscar there takes the Flova Scotia, which is a female enhancement drug, and he it's basically like pure estrogen, it would seem. And you know, he yeah. starts you know lactating and uh, getting really moody. <laughs> and it's it, right, it's yeah. again, it's kind of an old joke, like. It, it's kind of demeaning and you know, but, but man the name that commercial uh, being a fan of Canada and having gone to Nova Scotia a lot when I saw that I almost spit my drink out yeah <laughs> Flova Scotia yeah it, it's yeah it's got a good gag and you know I wish that they'd done like five or six less callbacks to the first movie so that when they got to the Canadian restaurant that was like the Canadian version of uh Oh yeah, of, of, of um, shenanigans, of shenanigans. So that when they oh. sat down and 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 he tries to do the I'm going to be an asshole and order a liter of cola, but thing, it works. And they just and they just bring it to him because he's in a country with the metric system and he doesn't know what to do with himself. If they hadn't done like seven kind of land with a dud callbacks to the first movie, that would have been you know like uh like a really good a universe like callback joke. Like oh wow, you know it, it was like, and it, yeah. it man that that he goes. Oh, and if you get this card and you get ten of them, you get the eleven three. I'm doing this right now. Bring bring me eleven of them. <laughs> That's yeah. a great joke. Um, yeah, it is. It's a yeah. So I, and I don't want to be too hard on it. You know, no, no. Like, it's it, just it's it's yeah, I, like I said. It's at one point incredibly comforting, and at another point kind of tired. And only because I really like them, and I like seeing what other stuff they can pull out. I mean. Beer Fest is such a completely different movie than Super Troopers, and Club Dread is such a completely different movie than the, you know what I mean? And just to see them kind of, they tried to do something different with it, but yeah. it's still just, you know, you guys are unique because the characters you create are unique. I didn't really need more of these guys, is, yeah. is kind of where I'm really at with yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, like like The Incredibles too. If I'm going to see another one of these, you know, wait until you're like senior citizens, which would have made this movie and, really funny. 
Um, yeah, I, I loved the opening sequence with them like being, you know, a band that won like America's Got Talent or something like that. And then he wakes up. Did you have that dream again? Yeah. Who are the actors this time? Huh? Sean William Scott and Damon Wayans Jr. You know, it's like that. That's funny. Like, it's just completely yeah. random, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, some of it had like, you know, the 21, 22 Jump Street level humor to it, which I love. And then some of it yeah. was just. A bit of a rehash, and it was disappointing. But what are you going to get for a crowdfunded movie? You know, um, they they they're funny guys. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll move through my ticker really quickly because um, I would like to talk briefly. I know you've done a whole video about Pax West. I just want to talk briefly because I have some some nice things to say, and I uh, um, okay. But um, I, I wanted to get to I, I wanted to um, promote and you know name drop that. Our wonderful adjacent town to where we grow up, Salem, Massachusetts, which those of you listening to this um, know is, you know, the witch city and the Halloween capital of the world and all of that. It truly is. If you've never been to Salem on Halloween or in October, you got to come here. And they're giving you more of a reason because they're in their second year of the, um, what is it, they call it Fear Fest? Is that what it is? Or Horror Fest, whatever. They're, they're doing a month-long film festival. And man, did they score something awesome. Um, they are premiering the new Halloween movie two weeks early. Yeah. And I think the director is going to be there, which is even cooler. But, um, I, it's, it's too late at night for me. They're doing it as a midnight movie. I have kids, but, um, I think it might be sold out now, but, um, I just wanted to say number one, that's awesome. And number two, how fucking good does that movie look? Oh, geez. They already sold out. Yeah. I think they already sold out or at least they were close to, I, I, you'll have to check. Um, but I, I know Corinne was posting around that uh, um, that they were close to sold out. You're looking at it right now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, um, uh, w- while you're looking, how how good does it look? We've talked about it before. It I looks just, awesome. It, it looks, looks awesome. it looks great. Okay. Um, I'm gonna skip over the Henry Cavill playing the Witcher because uh, we that's just happening, and I wonder if they'll uh, give him a mustache. We can move on from that. Um, the the final Predator trailer looks amazing. It it's a shame um, that that whole Shane Black casting his weird friend thing had to come about in the last couple of days, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's that, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 heard about that? Yeah, I heard about that. I don't think we have to go into too much detail, but do you think much more is going to come of that than them just cutting the guy out of the movie? I I I feel. It's it's gross that he went ahead and did it, but uh, I I don't know um, you know no how deep no, I, how I, deep does I, it I really go? Like I, I I worry, you know what I mean? No, I don't I don't think there's going to be any kind of uh, yeah I, I don't think there's going to be any anything more to come of that other other I mean because because I mean they they dealt with it they did you know, they, they, they they dealt with it and the, the movie looks awesome I don't want it to take yeah. anything away from the movie it looks like he hit it out of the park. Just like he normally does, it it they're they're advertising it now like a cheesy eighties movie, and I like that. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I like that they're really going full bore on that. Okay, so from that, um, the hey, the Academy Awards dropped their popular film category this year. Remember that mm-hmm. whole controversy that seems to have yes, they they, they, they got rid of it. Um, yeah, yeah, they uh, they can't they canceled that out. They said we're we're whoops. either not going to do it or that they are not going to. Uh, that they're they're not gonna do it this year at least. Well, I, I mean that makes sense, right? You know, I- introducing a new category um, three quarters of the way through a year 
um, where the films being released don't even know the stipulations for how they get nominated um, beforehand is is a little silly. Um, And that also means that we have an even better chance of actually seeing um, films like Black Panther or The Last Jedi or things of that nature having Best Picture nominations. So exactly, um, exactly. I, I think that's wonderful. Um, and b- before we get into the PAX West thing, I want to say one more thing. Holy shit, does Captain Marvel look perfect? Looks good so far. That's looks a, good so far. That is a great superhero suit. Yeah. They, they nailed that. I, I don't know if we've seen it before. I hadn't seen it before. Um, the Skrulls look interesting. <laughs> They're there. We have the Skrulls now. So there's that. Yep. Which um, is... That's that's interesting. I thought they weren't allowed to use them because of Fantastic Four, but uh, yeah, that's which which they don't official which they don't officially have back yet. So that's interesting, right? Because that's all part of the Fox insanity. Uh, supposedly, like supposedly, yeah. that's why they weren't in Avengers, but now they're in this. So that's an interesting thing. We'll we'll see we'll if that see. means anything. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see if that. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if that means anything. Like, that other X-Men movie also takes place in the 90s, but I don't think that there's going to be any kind of, like, cross between the two. At least I hope not, because uh, that movie is supposed... Because that movie is supposed to be bad. The New Mutants one? No, no, no. The, no, no, the New Mutants, I just don't think they're even going to bother releasing. Uh, I don't know it's going to be bad. No, I, no I, don't, I don't think it looks bad. I just don't... It just seems what like What other not New in- X-Men movie? Uh, uh, Dark Phoenix. They, they, they they're actually it. making that? No, they made it. It's shot. They're just shooting it again because they don't like how it came out and because Brian Singer disappeared again. I mean, did did any of them watch Apocalypse? I mean, not I mean, not not to they, like I, 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 I mean, mean, they must have. I mean, I, I Brian Singer's, you know, a, weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, the man has made movies that I've enjoyed. I even like thought Days of Future Past was OK. Apocalypse doesn't even seem like the same people made it. That was yeah. a fucking mess. Yes, it was. Um. A- anyway, uh, yeah. Um. Okay. So there's that. So in into happier things. Um. You just came back from Seattle. Yes, I did. Did come back from Seattle. Um. And I'd I'd like to you know preempt. Um. I know you did a video talking about how it went better than you ever could have expected and. There was nobody in the crowd really there to sling bullshit and, you know, kind of the 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 Internet trolls and the loud. Oh, this, you know, fuck you guys. And, you know, we're going to come and make a big stink didn't happen. And I'm I'm going to I want to let you talk about that a little bit. But I I wanted to start by telling my own quick story um, because I think this helps the Internet understand, you know, some of this stuff, you know, from my side of it, you know, I have always really looked up to you, Bob. And um, I know that, you know, you you kind of portray, and you've said it on here before, Chris is, the, you know, the, 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 the one that's made a career for himself, this and that. And, you know, there is, I followed a more generic path. I've said this before on here, you know, went to college. Yeah, no, that, that, did, that, gener- but, that, that generic path into like a master's of engineering. Yes, but, and, but, you know, but, work, but hey, work, hey. Yeah. But again, this isn't to condescend me. This is just to say, you know, you carved your own path. This is the shit you've always wanted to do and always been doing. These these, these people that don't even have to be named that are, you know, seem hell-bent on destroying you and everybody else on the internet 
<laughs> destroy as, as if as if they ever could. Um, you know, don't understand this isn't like, you know, something that's being done as a hobby. This this is you. This is what you do. And you know, you got onto these sites because fans got you onto them. You know what I mean? This isn't this is a great thing. This is a great story. This is something I'm proud of, you know, being in college and finding out that after getting onto Screw Attack that the escapist sought you out. Um, back when the escapist was a good thing and you know to be able to tell people my brother just got a job working with the site that runs Yahtzee and that I mean this was you know when was this Bob 2004 5 I uh, think more around like, more like seven I, I just don't remember but he was doing that from like 2004 and five right this was like the third or fourth year of him doing it I think but but whatever that was a big deal right that was like something to be proud of and I you know I was very proud of it and told everybody that I could and you know, um, when I got that call when shit was going down and things were getting weird, I was down the Cape and I, I just got back from being down the Cape from that same weekend. You know, it was a Labor Day weekend thing and Sarah and I were down there and I got the call from you and I, I was in a panic. I didn't know what to do because you didn't know what to do. You know, the, the weird stuff was coming out about the people running the site and, you know, the details of how that went down. As you said, everybody has wrong. I don't want to rehash it, but I was genuinely terrified for you you you've done uh uh in bob we trust about that crazy bastard that you know fired you over passion of the christ you know and and or you know didn't fire you but forced you out you know and and to see that happen again you know as as your brother you know that 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 was awful and and i just want to congratulate you and russ and all the other guys for you know really it's just a great story for me. And I think it's a great story for everybody that, you know, if, if you stick to your guns and don't let that kind of shit get you down, that it can, it can rise back up and it can, it can be brought back to where it was. And I don't think we have too many positive stories like that going on, especially in regards to the internet right now. So no, not right now. So I really, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know Russ personally, but I, I've talked to him online and, um, you know, you've had nothing but great things to say about him. And I, I just wanted to personally through this podcast, wish him and all of you guys that are helping him do this the best. Um, that I just needed a panel to do that. I, I, I felt, I felt like it was the right thing to do. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So, so with that, since I really wasn't talking to you much when you were out there, tell me a little bit, you know, you've, you've talked about it a lot, so you don't have to go into too much detail, but tell me about PAX West. Uh, you know, it's uh, have you have you been to Seattle? No, I've been to San Francisco. That's that's the yeah. only place on the West Coast I've been, or in Ber- really? in okay. Berkeley. Yeah, Berkeley, San Francisco. They're basically the same area. Yeah, man. Se- Seattle is a trip. Seattle is a trip. I I don't know if 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 you if I've only been I th- I think I've been in Seattle three times. Once for a layover, so I didn't get to go like all the way downtown. But if you get a chance to go to, because like the like, the outskirts of Seattle, if you've been to, like, anywhere else in the Pacific Northwest, kind of seems like everywhere else in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, which, if you've been in the Northeast, it kind of feels like the same place, but, you know, facing the other direction, basically. Right. You know, big you know big trees, lots of mines, steel buildings, uh, shipyards, you know... Like looks looks very homey, you know. It just kind of like it's like, oh, okay, hey, I've I've been to Everett, I've been here. That's what yeah. I felt about Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah, England. Yeah. Um, we, we you get there and it's just kind of like, huh? It's like super super old Boston. 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, then, but but then you get to downtown Seattle, all right. And the best way I can describe downtown Seattle is imagine trying to build Boston on top of San Francisco. Um. What? <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Is it's it's is Seattle literally feels like. And I've also heard it compared to Chicago. It feels more Boston-y than Chicago to me, just because it's grayer and older. And I mean that in a in a good in a good way. Yeah, sh- Chicago. Chicago has that rare thing where they were a city that got to try again. Well, well, also, yeah. Well, also, not not for nothing, but uh, you know, like again, if you if you're if you're from like if you're not from a coastal city, I don't think you appreciate what. Uh, salt air from the sea does to concrete and steel and the way that they look and feel and the atmosphere of a city, but it's different. You know, Chicago is on a lake, Boston is on an ocean, and it's different. I agree. It's just different. And so Seattle is, the downtown part of Seattle is on a hill. Like, it's a, a, a hill sloped up, and it's got... The sa- so imagine like when I say Boston, I mean the old you know colonialish type buildings and you know mishmash of architecture and trying to be new, trying to be old. You know, well this looks like a good place for a development kind of thing going on. But also that big dig raised and elevated like neighborhoods. And here's the highway. Here's a road under this. This is a neighborhood under a neighborhood under a neighborhood. But like sloped up in declining order on a hill, eventually leading down to an ocean. So it's that. So it's San Francisco, but instead of sunny, you know, grayish and trees and Pacific Northwesty. Interesting. Like is 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 Seattle. So if you can picture that in your head, like driving through part of it, uh, I I can't imagine what. And I didn't try it, but I can't imagine what it must be like to like stumble around uh, drunk at uh, like you know two or three a.m. like coming home from a bar in Seattle because those are some steep ass hills. Yeah. And and it's all downtown streets, so it can be like street 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 and then overpass you know like full-sized overpass leading down to four-lane highway going underneath between like row of row houses that are now underneath four streets jesus right so it's 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 and it's massive and 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 nice looking too you know like you got again people listening to this who are not from large cities on you know northern coasts of the country you know when we talk about gray and steel and brick and stuff and it sounds like we're describing you know living in hell it's like no this 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 is home to us this i'm i'm not like making this up cuz like this is i'm i'm describing this this feels like home i i can't like, wait I, to go now no, I, I feel I feel very much at at, at at home here. You know, like it's like when I would like when I went away to school and I heard people like uh, as a kid describe like watching Sesame Street and like the you know the the downtown graffiti strewn cul-de-sac in Sesame Street seemed like a really far away place to them. And I was like, well, shit, to me, Sesame Street just kind of felt like my fucking neighborhood. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. So so this is because this is just where I'm from. So that's Seattle, and then the Seattle Convention Center. Uh, much like PAX East, which they hold here in Boston, all of these conventions, the the PAX ones, uh, other than the one they do down in Texas, because there's nowhere in Texas that doesn't have room, <laughs> is it, just, is, is, like, that should be, you know, fuck, you know, whatever, uh, what, like, isn't, 
Texas's what what is Texas actual motto? I, yeah, sorry about that. What is Texas's motto? The Lone Star State, right? What's their motto? Yeah, hold on. Fool me once, I won't get fooled I, again. I, I I feel like I I feel like I knew. That's not funny. Come on, man. We can't we can't hold like all of te- all, George Bush against all of Texas. Oh, come on, it's funny. This is it's it's like remember the Al- is it is it remember the Alamo? I don't know. I feel like I should know this. All right, so uh, I'm looking at this right at this right fucking now. Texas's motto is friendship. Okay, that's weird. Okay, yeah, Texas, you need you need a better motto than that. You're like I lo- I love you, Texas, and like that's really cool. It's like, hey, Texas's motto is friendship. Come on, you're Texas. You're you're the six guns and and big hats and you know get off my fucking land. You know, come on, man. You're it's not it's really not. Remember the Alamo. <laughs> that's funny. You know, ho- oh, Bob, sh- Bob, I want to say something. Um, yeah, I uh, I realize we've we've been going on for an hour and a half. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's really late. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, just, okay. uh, um, what I was going to say is I think, uh, you, you describe Seattle, uh, g- give a quick, like one minute rundown of, mm-hmm. we, we know what happened with the escapist panel from your thing. So people can go and watch in Bob, we trust for that, but just give yes. a quick rundown of PAX West. I want to try to wrap this up and we can go into, sure, sure. we can just try to do another one of these sooner than we've been doing them got um, it, got to it. do more. You know, it was a great show. We went in, we did the panel. It was awesome to hang out with, uh, uh, I know this is going to feel like burying the lead for people that listen to this, like, you know, for this, but, uh, we'll, so we'll probably pick it up and talk about it again next time, but it was a great show. It was nice to hang out with everyone. Uh, I saw some, uh, cool games there. I was only there for two days, so I didn't get to, like, see all of the sites and whatnot, but, uh, it, interesting to do a convention in a center that's mostly vertical, so lots of stairs, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, tons of uh, cool games to see. Uh, saw Mega Man Eleven. Not a fan of the new art style. Uh, love the uh, lo- loved uh, being on the panel and hanging out with people. Took a picture with a person in Pikachu and Eevee costumes. That was I, I saw that. that. Was wild. I, I remember yeah. going, "Hey Bob, how's Seattle?" And you just sent that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hung out with uh, you know, got to see uh, Yahtzee Kroshaw for the first time in like you know six years, and he is he really is such a nice guy, and people don't know that about him in real life, but he really is a, a really cool dude, uh, and it was good to get back in touch with him. Uh, it was a great panel. Uh, I'm re- I, I'm really excited to see where this all goes. I wish I had more to say about it than that, but everything with the Escapist is still in the. You know, we're getting started early planning stages, but I think people are going to be really excited to see how things go. So, uh, yeah. And I'm going to let my brother get to bed now. Yeah. All right. Cool, Bob. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah. What... No, again, it's just getting really late. So, um, no, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. so, so, we're going to wrap up. Um, you know, thank you, Bob, for <laughs> talking so long on all of that. Um, no, I, no sweat. No I want to remind everybody, I recently, um, I've been pitching the uh, the big brown chair i did a review for the happy time murders which we saw together um and it was awesome and um that review can be found on the big and i'll be doing more for them soon um you can find me at my youtube page the chippa made this um at the chippa on twitter you can also find uh, my podcast creating geeks which i do with my wife um the uh talkbuster podcast which is a blockbuster and video rental store um bent type of podcast and um hopefully shooting the shit with chippa coming soon 
Um, Bob, anything you want to pitch? Uh, right now, please just keep checking out my uh, YouTube channel at Movie Bob, and please, please visit The Escapist at escapistmagazine.com and watch the big picture. All right, and um, so as always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. Thank you guys for coming along on the tangent. Have a good night.